0: If you want to hide a dead body, put it on the Hey, listeners, it's Ryan from Skid Steer Nation. And today we are talking with Eric League, owner of League Grading. He's from Stokesdale, North Carolina. He's a family man, has a wife and a few daughters. And he was a 20-year-plus law enforcement officer before he retired early and jumped into dirt work full-time so I'm excited to have him on the show today hear a little bit about his story and talk some shop and and business so Eric welcome to the show yeah thanks Ron how are you doing today I'm doing great man Um, it's it's a cloudy morning this morning but other than that I'm happy so yeah yeah really appreciate you jumping on today Um, you know I met we met a couple years ago when you reached out Interested in a land plane attachment for mm-hmm. your grading business, and we just kind of hit it off, and we've stayed in contact since and and whether it be text or Facebook comments or even a phone call every now and then I, i've I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the last few years and and yeah, it's been been good in that regard. so appreciate you jumping on this. I think you've got a great story. I think it's one that I love to share with everyone else. Um it's not every day that you see somebody with twenty plus years invested in a career, which typically has a, a really good pension, say, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm out, I'm going to go yes. do my own thing. I mean, it's one thing to leave Best Buy to go do something, but a law enforcement officer, that's got to be like, how was that for you? Like, when was it an easy decision to take years? Or like, what, what was your process, your thought process when you decided to to jump in?
1: Well, the grading business started small, and it got bigger and bigger, and uh, kept adding to what I was doing, and getting my name out there more. To where the two jobs conflicted, and you know, I met you through Skid Steer Nation, uh, bought a couple attachments, and it just got me to the point to where let's take a chance. We all know law enforcement right now is a very uh, it's troubling times a lot of people and this is much safer and I enjoy and I really enjoy the family time that I have now that that I did not have for the past 20 years
0: yeah so just to take a half a step back here so you were doing dirt work and grading work while you were a police officer to begin with yes sir yeah I uh, I started just kind of
1: working on driveways and bush hogging fields with the tractor and doing grading of yards and new yard construction, just finishing out, you know, homes, doing finish grade. And it just evolved from there to what it is now.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned like what your first gig that got you started was you had a snowstorm coming to your area? I sure did. So uh, a
1: snowstorm was coming, which is rare for North Carolina because it either rains or snows, 20% chance of a snow. So I bought a brand new tractor two days before a snowstorm and then went out and pushed snow for four days to start a business and to pay for the tractor, essentially.
0: So your goal wasn't to actually start a business, was it? It was just to pay for your, your tractor? Is that correct? That's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it started as a hobby, and it was something I wanted was a tractor. And that uh, snowstorm got me started. I, I can only imagine what would have happened if I bought that tractor, and then in North Carolina fashion, the snow did not come. <laughs> I, I do not think i'd be here today if we'd not be talking snowstorm.
0: yeah yeah so so you you push snow for four days mm-hmm. make a little money put it towards mm-hmm. a tractor mm-hmm. and then once the snowstorm's gone like what, what what was your driving force to to go out and seek work again or did you have a force or did people just call you
1: uh it was funny i just started getting my name out that i had a tractor and i had a bush hog and i was taking care of bush hogging fields and overgrown areas and then someone asked if I could fix a driveway and I said yeah sure I can do that I was doing that as a, at an early age with my grandfather so I went out to fix the driveway and at the end of that project I realized I made a little more money right then than I did all night long working in law enforcement okay so it uh it, it pushed me to grow from there
0: Yeah. And were you you always set on being kind of like a a grading and and gravel guy or did you explore other niches or other service types? It's funny. I got into
1: clearing a couple of lots for some houses to go in and that's a different machine set than what I have. And I tried that a couple of times. I did not want to go down that road. Anything with the trees that are not very mature. I can take them down, but I still don't have the equipment to do it. Even with my new excavator, uh, it's one tier higher than what I want to be. And I just, so I came back to where I was and what got me started. Okay. And it's grading
0: in driveways. And do you stay pretty busy just offering like fewer services? I sure do. I, uh, as busy as I want to
1: be right here rain. rained the past two weeks in North Carolina. It's been kind of tough working. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I have work to do. It just will not stop raining.
0: Yeah. I always talk to a lot of guys and they, especially ones that are just starting out and you know, they will take any job they can get to put money in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And I can't stress enough how important it is to like, be the authority in your area for like one mm-hmm. or two services. Mm-hmm. Like I, my example is always like septic tank companies. Mm-hmm. They have excavators, skid steers. They have all the equipment to do any type of work, mm-hmm. but nobody ever calls them to fix a driveway. Correct. You know, but they do for septics. Yeah,
1: you're exactly right. Staying in your lane is huge. Yeah. Have your niche is huge and know where your comfort zone is, know what you're good at.
0: Yeah. I've got, I always say that the riches are in the niches and the smaller of a niche you can get into, the more money you can make. Right. Yeah.
1: Because you're confident, you know exactly how to quote, you know, your timeframe, you know what you need and, uh, it pays out better in the long run to stay in your lane or stay in your niche.
0: Well, I mean, like, for example, like your website and even your Facebook page, like it's literally picture after picture after picture of driveway repair. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in your area, and I'm looking for something around my driveway, and I, I, run, mm-hmm. I run into your website or Facebook page, mm-hmm. I know exactly what you do. And I know mm-hmm. how often you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I can trust that you've got enough experience doing that type of work, that you're a guy that I'm going to want to call. Right. And if you look at the Google reviews, is how many Google reviews I
1: have, then that gets me so much more work just having reviews.
0: Yeah, reviews are huge, especially for local businesses. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. unless you're a large corporation on a, on a nationwide scale. I mean, it's tough to crack that couple pages. But you always talk about Google Page One. Mm-hmm. What what you're saying on that again? So here's the best saying for Google: If you want to hide a dead body put
1: it on the second page of Google, put it out. No one ever goes there. If you're not on the first page of Google, (laughs) no one ever clicks next.
0: No one ever clicks next, man. That's so, I love that. And the first time you said that to me, I I got such a kick out of that. I'm like, it's, it's so true. Yes. And, and just to kind of go into your marketing a little bit, like you did not hire a marketing company. You didn't hire a website designer. Mm -hmm. You, you, you just did all of it yourself, right? Correct. Yeah, I started everything
1: and watched YouTube videos, watched uh, and asked, watched everything I could watch online, asked questions, and just started it. And I have never built a website. And went to GoDaddy, bought my domain name, and picked a platform that I liked and plugged in pictures on it. So it's uh, it was everything I did. I did on my own. As far as the work, but I asked questions. I did seek advice.
0: And that's that's the key. I think I think we as people, we avoid things we're not comfortable with or don't have mm-hmm. experience with. And we'll find excuses in our own mind not to mm-hmm. do those. And and when you're a small business owner, like building a website just sounds mm-hmm. terrif- just sounds terrifying. It does because there's so many good
1: websites out there. And with auto links and different ways to customize what you're wanting to get. Like a a new car. You can build the new car or truck that you want online. My website's not set for that. You're not going to build a driveway or a landscape design on a website. It's not going to happen. I just need information purposes for you to see what I do and have reviews and links to click on. And that's it.
0: Yeah, really, I think the biggest thing for especially like you know excavation land service companies is look at your website as the first step in the process it's an introduction mm-hmm. to that to your business to that customer mm-hmm. so it has to begin the process of building trust and building that relationship clearly mm-hmm. defining what you do what your core values are what you believe in because people like to work with like-minded people correct you're Exactly right on that. We want you know, someone
1: with the same drive that we have.
0: Yeah. And then to remember, too, if you're building your website yourself, the purpose of the website isn't to get business. Mm-hmm. It's to get them to either A, fill out a form that you have on your website or B, mm-hmm. to call your phone. Correct. Um, I always talk about the steps, like every, everything we do has a process and a goal. So like your website's mm-hmm. goal is to, to begin the conversation with the potential customer. Correct. The initial phone call is, is to explore that customer's needs, wants, pain points, and budget mm-hmm. before you drive and spend time out of your day to go look at the project. Exactly right. You know, Do you do that as well? Do you, do you pre-qualify on the phone before you, or do you, do you go look at everything?
1: No, I want to feel the person out. I want to check their temperature, so to speak. When are they wanting the work done? Do they have an idea of what it's going to cost? And sometimes I ask if, I, if they've had other quotes. But it's—I do not just get a phone call and an address and, so, and say, "Hey, fix my driveway. Come take a look." Right. I'll ask for a picture or two. I ask for an address. I want to know where it is. Is it inside my working area? I want to go to. I have had some instances before where my website has reached out a little further than I wanted, and I just have to tell the people i don't go that far i'm sorry right but i always i i'm not going to show up blindly into something no nope, and, and finding out what they want first
0: i agree and you know and like in determining your work area determining what type of work you want to do and like mm-hmm. what you're going to focus on it really helps you say no in situations that you need to Because if you Mm -hmm. don't have all that written out or you don't understand exactly what you do and where you're going to do it at, Mm -hmm. like we're, we're programmed to go, well, I don't really go that far, but you know, I'm not very busy. So I'll I'll make a drive over there tomorrow. Correct. Yeah. And then while you're doing that, something else comes up in your work area, it creates conflict. Now you're hectic, panicked. It's just, it's just better to, to stay in, like you said earlier, stay in your lane. Right. And it's, you know, when you
1: are talking with your people and going back to the advertisement, I always ask at the end of the conversation, hey, how did you find me for advertising purposes? How did you find me? Mm-hmm. And I will listen. I want to hear referral. I want to hear a website. I want to hear a local app that we have around my area called Nextdoor app. I want to find out how my name is getting out. And yep. that helps me know where to push to continue to
0: grow. Correct. Yeah. It's, you got to have a feedback loop and that's kind of Mm -hmm. what we call that is like making sure you're asking people where they found you at and getting that feedback Mm -hmm. from them and how their experience was on that platform. It's huge because otherwise you're just driving blind in the night. Correct.
1: Yep. And that's the only way you're going to grow is the only way you're going to know where your dollar in advertising is getting back in, into your pocket.
0: Yeah. I mean, like some guys are like, crazy about tracking and, and like building tracking spreadsheets and they want to know mm-hmm. all the data of how many website links how many clicks how many phone calls how much money did mm-hmm. it generate and then there's other guys like i have no interest in that mm-hmm. and, I, and i tell those guys that have no interest in that and like listen our gut and our mind work together and, and we've got a mm-hmm. good pulse on things if we ask enough questions so even if you don't want to mm-hmm. detailed track it just by asking those questions over and over again you're going to see repetition in the answers and mm-hmm. then you're going to be able to go, oh, yeah, I need to spend more time on the next door app. Or I really need to get 20 more reviews on Google because everybody's going there and I got to get on page one on the local to contractors mm-hmm. near me. And right. like, you don't need to have the spreadsheet to tell you that. You just have to get enough feedback from people and, and, your, and you'll be able to figure out where you need to spend your time mm-hmm. to, to get noticed and found more often. Yes, that is exactly right. You just, you have
1: to do that in your initial dialogue.
0: Yeah. And then I'm a big fan. Do you have like a script that you follow or like a list of questions that you want to like check off on that first phone call or what's your process when somebody calls you interested in? I do
1: not. I I do not have a list of questions. I know in my mind how I want the conversation to go. And I, I credit being a law enforcement officer for that questioning. I always ask questions. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. So for me to do that is second nature. It's no problem in this job. But first, you know, when someone calls, you introduce yourself and you speak for a minute. And typically they go right into what they want done. Then for me, it's where are you located? You know, how bad is the problem? And what are we looking at to get it done? And then from there, it's kind of ad lib because I have what I need at that point. And I'm just filling in the blanks.
0: Mm -hmm. One of the things I like to do when on a sales call, and this is, you know, you can use it for excavation companies or you could use it for cars. I mean, anything Mm -hmm. and anything, it's just a sales technique. But I really like to ask the customer yes, no questions that I know they're Mm going to say yes to. Mm -hmm. You know, reiterate the problem. You know, these are the pain points you're having with with your driveway. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've got some ideas. Is it okay if I share them with you? And I love asking permission to to share my ideas, Mm -hmm. and they say yes. That's it. And what you're doing is is I'm training their brain to say yes. So when we get to the Mm -hmm. end of the process, they've said yes six times, and you get a higher probability of them saying yes to your bid than you would in a normal conversation. Yep, you're exactly right. That's an interview technique, there, Ryan. That's very good. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we we need to bring you in for some sales training with bring that law enforcement approach and and help these guys get better at, at closing deals. Yeah. I don't
1: know, man, that, that there's pretty slick. Put them down to the yes, no questions. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, man. It just, you got to get some yeses out of them before you get mm-hmm. to the, to the ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny because like when you ask for permission to, to tell them what you'd like to do with their project and all that, it, mm-hmm. it makes them feel like they're in control of the conversation, even though you are correct. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. Correct. Yeah. Um, So what did you do? Like, so to get on page one on Google, I know we're kind of jumping from sales Mm -hmm. to marketing, marketing to sales here, but to get on page one in Google, like, what did you do? Did you create like a Google My Business account and fill out a profile or did you just let your website slowly organically grow or what was your process for that? I did the Google Business profile, filled out all that online.
1: I had the Google letter mailed to me, which had the passcode on it to verify my business. And just went from there. Then the website clicks, kept it on the first page. I pay a little money to Google each year in advertising and not a lot of money. I mean, I think I pay in under $200 a year to get me where I want to be. Uh, Key search words, I pay for, and that's in my $200 budget that I pay for is these key search words, my website will pop up. And then I went to Facebook numerous times in the beginning and paid a sponsored ad to push the website Mm -hmm. for the clicks. And that gets the amount of clicks high enough to where Google is going to recognize it. And there are some really large companies in my area, but I'm on top of the list in some of these search fields.
0: Well, it's funny because the research we've done shows that for local businesses, Mm -hmm. Google actually ranks a higher they give you a higher rating for your ranking based on your Google my business profile mm-hmm. than they do your own website. Like Correct. it's critical for a, a local business to have a really nice Google my business system.
1: Right. And it's unknown to go in and do it. You say to yourself, "How do I do this?" Just fill in the blanks.
0: It's I mean it's it is a pretty simple process. I filled out countless google my business for Mm -hmm. myself and for clients and Mm -hmm. it's not that hard to do the one thing i always tell these guys if you're going to do it yourself go in and look at all the questions and then go Mm -hmm. spend some time in thinking about them and don't just put Mm -hmm. in one sentence answers like correct this is i'm a big proponent of finding things that i can only have to do once that Mm -hmm. i can continually generate revenue from Mm -hmm. And it might take you two hours, four hours. And if you're really terrible at writing, it might take you a whole day to do your Google Mm -hmm. My Business profile. But once it's done, it's done and you don't have to touch it again. And now that thing is just generating interest in the background for you. Like it's worth Mm -hmm. the time investment up front because it's not like, Hey, I need to do two hours every week on Google My Business.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a one and done. Yeah. And then you'll spend more time updating your website New pictures, new captions, but yep. you will not go back to Google my business. It's,
0: it's done. Right. It's, it's, it's complete. And, you know, getting the business hours and the location and, and I found that if you actually take some time and create some frequently asked questions for that section, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's really helpful too. Google really mm-hmm. likes it when you have some FAQs that customers can look at without having to call you. Correct. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's like... That's my biggest thing is whenever I look at a project I'm like is this something that's going to require my time on a regular basis or is it just mm-hmm. require my time once and if I answer the question it only requires my time once I I devote a lot more attention and and like we mm-hmm. call I call it deep work where mm-hmm. like hey turn everything else off get the phone away from me no internet like let's do some deep mm-hmm. work because if I do this once I can check it off my list and forget about it and it'll start generating interest for me Right. In the background. Yes, it, it, It's just like the work that we do with our equipment. We're going to
1: go out. We're going to spend the time. We're going to do it right. However, a lot of us want to do the work and not do this behind the scenes. Yeah. But it's the same type of thing. Sit down on a rainy day, get this stuff done, and it enhances your business so much more. Just, always, just dedicate. You said it right. Turn the phone off. Turn the TV off. Do this work.
0: Yeah. I and always tell those cool guys, welcome I tell those guys, welcome to business ownership, man. Like mm-hmm. you thought you hated your boss at your old job and you thought you could go do this on your own. Well, this mm-hmm. that this brings some new responsibilities that you're not used to. And yes. you better get you better my favorite saying is you better get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. Because <laughs> Because you got accountants and attorneys, and Google and marketing, and in all these mm-hmm. areas that most guys, when they're starting out, have zero experience with. And right. Even daunting. tax, stuff. it's daunting. Yes, even tax. You know,
1: you, your P and L sheets, your profit and losses sheets, it's a lot to keep up with. And if you don't keep up with it daily, or at least Friday morning is your admin, yeah, it will come pile so fast that you cannot catch up.
0: Yeah, I, I I pay a bookkeeper to manage all of our daily books and stuff because I'm terrible mm-hmm. at that. Mm-hmm. And, and I probably pay more than most people do, but I pay mm-hmm. because she does it right and mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about it. Right. And exactly. the, time that, the time that she frees me up and the mental clarity I have, like I'm not frustrated because I have to do that task because I hate it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's no fun. It's
1: the, that's the downside of business ownership.
0: Yeah. And some people like it but mm-hmm. I'm not one of them.
1: No, no. I I pay to get my stuff done and kept up with and everything gets sent over to the accountant and it's done. Oh,
0: I'm not talking about an accountant, Eric. I'm talking about a bookkeeper, like managing mm-hmm. my wow. receipts. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't touch QuickBooks other than to make invoices or estimates for customers. Like I, I take pictures of all my receipts. We use a, we use a software that automatically uploads it into her. Mm-hmm. So she can, she can classify it where it needs to go. She has access to the bank accounts, the credit mm-hmm. cards, so I don't like, I mean, if I spend 10 minutes a week taking photos of receipts and answering a few questions for, her, I'm done doing my books for the week, but that's how I, yeah, needed. That's, 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 that's how I needed it set up for me though, because I, otherwise mm-hmm. I don't, I won't do it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I really attribute that to knowing what your strengths are, mm-hmm. doubling down on your strengths mm-hmm. and hiring out your weaknesses. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice. You know, I'm never gonna be a good bookkeeper. Oh, so sure I'm, you will. One day you'll have it figured out. Man, it's just too tedious for me, man. I don't I don't enjoy it. But uh, they, yeah, they I call me I guess you know those personality tests you take. Like I'm I am mm-hmm. I am top of the chart the dreamer, man. I've mm-hmm. got the entrepreneurial spirit, I've got the dream, I got the vision, mm-hmm. but I need some help on the on the process to get it all done. Like I've gotten really good at building processes for my team because again it's like you build it once and you're done with it. So right. we've got yeah. we we've, we've got standard operating procedures on almost everything we do in the business. So mm-hmm. even if our team members are doing a task they're not typically used to doing, mm-hmm. they have a refer- they have a reference sheet that they have in a library to go mm-hmm. find exactly how to do it. I mean for everything. And I really recommend guys make these SOPs too and they don't have to be like 20 pages long, like but mm-hmm. I mean even even like having like, do you have any employees? I have one guy who works for me, but it's strictly,
1: he's not doing any office work. It's, right. But, but like, do
0: you have, do you have like a morning and an evening checklist for him? Like what needs to be done before he leaves with the equipment to go to the job site? Yes. We, and he knows
1: what it is. I've told him what it is. And so actually, you just brought up a great point. Why not have that somewhere, you know, as needed, but we, we talk back and forth and on the phone, but typically we will send a text of what we need to check off and what we got to have before we leave in the morning. That yeah. way it's written down.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, but even like, hey, before you leave in the morning, check the fuel of the truck. Did you mm-hmm. grease all the Did you grease all the zirks on the equipment? Mm-hmm. Do we have enough chains and binders? Are the rakes in the back of the truck? I, I can't tell you how many hours guys waste because they don't have a drill, a rake something that they just forgot to grab at the shop because they don't have a morning checklist. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. And a lot of that, it depends on your, you know, what your task is like my truck. I have tool bins mm-hmm. so on the truck. So what I need is there. And then I have some various tools that if you take your stuff off the truck every night, you're, you're exactly right. You need to have a checklist somewhere if not in the truck. Yeah. In the mornings, that way you can sit down and look. Hey, I got everything.
0: Yeah, and then I think the biggest one I think, especially if you have employees, is having a a end of end of job or end of project checklist. Mm-hmm. Like, is the yard in better shape than we arrived? Is mm-hmm. everything are the raked are the, for you doing driveways? You know, like are the all the edges raked and smooth and mm-hmm. do we have clean lines? But like having all this list, it just makes the. What I found is that people that are frustrated at work it's mm-hmm. because of a lack of communication and an mm-hmm. unknowing of exactly what's expected of them. Mm-hmm. You're right. And you just said it End of job talk
1: debriefing, you know, law enforcement, a critical call the next day we would debrief. Yeah. How did it go? What went right? What went wrong? What can we do better next time? And it's every job. If it's just, we get back in the truck and we're talking, Hey man, how did it go? What do you think? To where yep. that's the first thing we talk about, getting back in the
0: truck. At the end yeah, of the day. I always I call them tailgate talks. So, like, that's how I, like, when I work with guys, I'm like, you got to start having tailgate talks, man. At the end of the yep. day, or at the end of the week, at the end of the project, just like, hey, boys, mm-hmm. tailgate talk. And everyone just kind of circles around the truck and you get mm-hmm. feedback because you might have thought the project went smashingly. And your employees mm-hmm. like, well, I had a headache over here. And you're like, oh, I didn't even know about it. Right. Yeah. You no. Know, was it unforeseeable? Was it just part of the project or like, did we do something that could made it worse? And and that's mm-hmm. how you get that. That's again, that feedback loop. Correct. Yeah. And it, it also offers people working
1: for you a little more stake in the company. Yeah. To where they give you their opinion and you say, that's great advice. You know, I like that. Let's go with it next time. So they, yeah. they have a little yeah. more stake, a little more pride in their work. If they feel like they're included in the uh, decision-making.
0: Yep. And then I, I agree, man, I getting them to buy in mm-hmm. ha- making sure employees know exactly who you are, your core values, the principles of your business, mm-hmm. making sure that they, you communicate clearly with them. Mm-hmm. And like my favorite thing, when, when people get, when people are looking to promote a, an employee or take them from like handholding to, all right, I'm going to let them do some work on his own. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, the process you need to follow before you do that, because if you just let it go and let him dive off the deep end, you're going to be upset Mm -hmm. with something he does, or he's Mm -hmm. not going to do anything. Like you've, you've had a guy, didn't you, that didn't do anything one day because he was afraid to do it wrong. Correct. Yeah. I left him first time after months of training, this is
1: your job. Show me what you can do. And nothing happened. And six weeks later he quit. He realized that he could not do it on his own.
0: Yeah. But, but what, I, what I like to do is, hey, if set a date. So let's say you're going to be 60 days out that you want this guy to be working alone, that mm-hmm. you need to be with him. For those next 60 days, like every project and every day you do, you start asking him every, day, every morning, every afternoon, whatever else, hey, we've got to go do this project. How would you approach it? Mm-hmm. What's your, what would be your battle plan for this project? Because what right. you do is you get him one, you get him thinking. Mm-hmm. And then two, you turn it into a learning moment because you can say, hey, you know what? I get your idea on that. I've tried that in the past, but here's a better way to do it. Makes us more efficient, faster, more profitable. Mm-hmm. So you, then you start training them. And what happens is over that time frame, they start to think like you because you're using that as, as teaching. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Yeah. Much smoother transition when you do that. Correct. Yes. And it, it, it develops the people.
1: Who work for you? Also, I mean, it, yeah. it's anything you can give, give them tasks give them, show them how it needs to be done. Then start letting them say, "Hey, look on project A, we did this. Now project K, we should do it like this because I've done it." You know, right? A and then
0: H that way, let's go back to you as a business owner. Like when you first started out, and it was just you for quite some time, mm-hmm. did you have somebody that mm-hmm. you leaned on as like a mentor or? a professional that was in the area or a coach to kind of help you in situations that you had questions or did you just figure it out on your own? No, I sure did.
1: I reached out to one person who we made a relationship 20 plus years ago. And I knew he had the business then. So fast forward 20 years later, here it is. I'm doing some of the work to a smaller scale. I would call him, Hey, here's what I have going on. You know, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I ran into. And he'd give me his advice. Mm -hmm. And he was always there for me. But I had someone to call as a mentor. Yeah. In this side of things.
0: How do you think your business would have grown if you didn't, if you had the, the, I'll figure it out myself mentality?
1: Oh, wow. If it was not for this one guy, there's no way. I would have taken the next few steps nearly as quickly. There would have been some bumps in the road, some mess up something, but, He got me from, say, level one is starting. He took me from level two to level eight in six months. Oh, wow. If I was on my own doing it, it would have been 12 to 18 months.
0: Yep. Yeah. I I stress that to everybody. If you don't have somebody that you're building a relationship or have a relationship with, that Mm -hmm. can be like your mentor. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're, you're just creating a longer road with more bumps. Correct. Yeah. A lot more stress, a lot more, uh,
1: I don't know, potentially a project not going the way you want without a mentor, without someone yeah. to talk to. And it's what's great, you know, the Skid your Nation Facebook group, a lot of questions are asked there daily and a lot of advice given and it's just people reaching out, you know, so there's that's been a great tool to have is just the, uh, group page.
0: Yeah. It's that thing kind of grew on its own. I don't even know how that happened. Like we had a couple thousand mm-hmm. members in it and I was like, my goal is to get to like five or 6,000 members and, you know, be able mm-hmm. to talk, talk business and, and promote some products. And mm-hmm. I blinked my eyes and we were like 25,000 members. And I was like,
1: Whoa.
0: It used to be a
1: welcome to the group list. Then it grew so fast. There's no way to keep up with it.
0: Well, we still do it every week, but I mean, now it's like a post that's a mile long because there's usually two to 500 members every week that, that ask to join. And Mm -hmm. we, we kind of, you know, we, we, we try to make sure that the people we let in fit the group. So we have some, Mm -hmm. you know, some intro questions and stuff because we don't, we don't want it full of spammers and it's a full-time job, man. Keeping, you know, if I see one more guy come in that says, Hey, you need a new logo. I'm going to punch myself in the face.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's advertising. It should not be done that way. That's not yeah. what that page is set up for. But yeah. no, it's pages like that where well, you can go ask questions. You can post a picture. Hey, here's what I'm working on. What do you guys recommend? And yeah. someone's going to help you on that page. It's just reaching out for mentorship. That's all that is.
0: Hundred percent. And and I use that page for my for my feedback loop because I see like, you see trends in the questions people ask. Hmm how do I bid this? How do I bid this? How do I, I mean, it's like most common question. Mm-hmm. How do I bid this uh, outside of what does this code mean on my machine, which is, yes. that's gotta yeah, be, that's gotta be that. terrifying when you're in the field and you're running a machine and you're like, Oh God, can I keep running it? I don't have a manual. Right. Like, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very true. But yeah, that, that group has been great. Just what you mentioned a little while ago, just having a mentor. And if it wasn't for mentors, I doubt there's any of us who would have a business right now that is successful. Absolutely. I don't think Absolutely. there's I don't think there's any one person of our 20,000 members to the group that said, hey, I'm going to do this. Never done it before. Never operated a machine before. Let's make a business. Yeah. Somebody somewhere was taught how to do it. And, and, and
0: I've actually paid for good mentoring a fair mm-hmm. amount of money, too. I mean, I've paid over ten thousand dollars the last three years to have mentors in different areas of my business. Mm-hmm. And you know, people are like, Jesus, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, but he saved me six months of work. I mean, what's mm-hmm. the value of my time and the, how much revenue did I generate quicker with his guidance? Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, the money I spent is a drop in the bucket to what he's helped me build in my sustainable business. Correct. Yeah, so
1: it's, you know, <clears throat> mentorship is, is huge. And being there, once you're established, being there for someone who has a question to you—that's when you know you're making it, and that's when you know you're doing it right because people are looking up to you. So that's that's part of business evolution and
0: growing. Yeah, and that and then again that goes back to to creating that authority that you know that domain authority in your niche. Mm-hmm. So like when the, you know that's when you know that you've got some good authority going in your area is when the other mm-hmm. contractors go, "Oh man, you got a question about grading? You need to call Eric." Mm-hmm. Right. Like, exactly. yeah. When the other contractors know that you're the guy, that's when you know you're, you're on, a, on track in your market. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, are you still going to stay focused on grading? Are you, what's your plans with your business? Are you going to, you know, do you want to have seven crews in a, in a massive warehouse or are you cool just doing yourself in a part timer?
1: Uh, right now, I have a full time guy, myself, and a part time guy. Part time guy, he is a fireman. And I get him on his days off if I need him. I just tell him, you know, a few days out, hey, i need you next Thursday. Or I work around his schedule. But truly the scale of my business where I want to be and be comfortable and take the stress off of me, it's where I'm at now. Okay. And I'm not saying I might not grow it in three to four years when my daughters get out of school. But while they're in school and I can do what I want to do now and stay busy. This is the scale I want. Um, because at some point you have to look at your cost to your earnings to your scale of where you are, and then how much headache do you have, and how much did you increase your true income mm-hmm. by going from, you know, a couple of guys working for you to a couple crews who have their own truck, who have their own extra equipment, who have you have double the breakdown costs, double the wear and tear. At what point do your numbers balance out? And a lot of guys do that second nature. It does not bother them, but where I want to be personally with my company is about where I'm at now. I mean, going back to the bad weather we've had for the last week and a half here, I'm stress-free. If I had multiple crews, multiple jobs and deadlines, my stress is through the roof. I left that behind. And law enforcement, the stress is not here anymore. This is, this is a stress-free business.
0: I love it, man. Yeah, I I think that's great. it's, and the biggest thing is knowing where you want to go, you know, define success, right? If you're, if you're a stay-at-home mother and you Mm -hmm. spend your days being the best stay-at-home mother you can be, and you're not Mm -hmm. generating any revenue, it's still success. Mm -hmm. You know, right, exactly right. You're taking care of the family, the kids. But if you want to be a exactly. one man crew, that's success. Mm-hmm. If you want to have five crews, then that's your goal. And that's what you consider success. Then go get it. But, you know, exactly the, level, right. the level of success is all dependent on the person and, and their personal goals. And I and I think it's it's you really need to know who you are and what you want. hmm. Yeah, no, you're
1: exactly right. You, You want to know your scale. I had another mentor outside of the grading business talk about business scale. And it was in the retail fashion. He went from a couple of storefronts to 40 storefronts across the country. And we talked about scale and how much more infrastructure he has to have, how many more people are in place to have that. And it just depends on, are you comfortable with it? Can you find the right people to put in place? And it could be done. Any of us can get out and, and find the extra people probably, but it's, it all depends on to the business owner. And it's funny where I am right now, I get asked a lot. do I want to grow. do I want to go do this, that, or the other. And I just say, no, I'm, I'm where I want to be. I'm very comfortable with where I am. Mm-hmm. A lot of that has to do with cost and overhead and business operation cost. Yeah. I'm comfortable with where I am.
0: No, I think that's great. I, I talked to a lot of guys in there and I was asking, where do you want to be? You know, what's your goals? And they mm-hmm. just kind of look at you like at that deer in the headlight, like goals. Mm-hmm. Like I really haven't yeah. thought about my goals. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think it's important to think about it. It's tough though, thinking forward like where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know, it's just like it's this it's tough sometimes.
1: It, it is, and if you don't you, goals are huge, you have a big goal, and then to reach or accomplish your big goal there's several little smaller goals along the way to get you to where you want to be. And it could be as simple as a new service truck, Mm -hmm. a new towing Mm -hmm. truck. I need to get this truck because it opens doors one, two, and three. Without adding that to my business, I can only open door one. So it's, it, 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 that is a goal. And once you get say the service truck or the towing truck, those three doors are open for you. And that is a goal. And you have to learn that it's a business tool to get those three doors open,
0: yeah, and then you got to readjust and set new goals. Correct. Then it then it
1: evolves. Here it is. We're at the end of twenty two, so it's you're. I'm already setting goals for what I need to do in twenty three, and it's
0: right.
1: you know I'm kind of getting prepared
0: for that. I got taught this technique to help you with goal setting, and mm-hmm. it was probably the biggest breakthrough for myself as far as aligning my ship with my mm-hmm. business and where I want to go mm-hmm. because I was struggling. He's like, well, what's your goals for three years? I'm like, Oh man, my three-year goal. I'm like, well, I think I kind of want, and you start hem hawing around and he mm-hmm. goes, he goes, close your eyes. Imagine where you're at in three years. What does your life look like? Mm-hmm. And it was like, Oh man, in three years from now, I'm living on in this house. I've got this truck. I've got this many mm-hmm. employees. The business is doing this in revenue. And I'm like, Holy crap. I just set my goals. hmm visualizing what I want instead of trying to, it was just a different approach to the same process, to the same problem. Yes. Instead and of looking is, forward, look backwards, you know? Yeah. Go to, go to where you want to be and look back on how to get
1: there. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, my part-time guy, we were talking just a few weeks ago. He so said, what are you looking at for next year to add as far as equipment? That's always been a thing for me every year. Let's add some equipment. Cause I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm the type of person. I'm not going to get it all at once. I'm going to get mm-hmm. it as things come in, as a, as a need arises. And financially, I want to get something to pay for it pretty quickly. And he he already asked, what is your goal for next year? And I, I gave a few options of what I'm looking at doing. I'm probably going to replace a dump trailer, something a little bit larger, a little heavier axle, uh, probably a new attachment or two from you. <laughs> I, I saw a couple out there. I like the, uh, uh, you know, I I I love my land plane, I love my road grader, but then the the hydro bucket is probably coming next year. Man, I'm telling you right need, Eric, Eric
0: I'm I'm telling you right now, that thing, it's a game changer, man. Like yes. I haven't I haven't had my regular bucket on my skid steer since I got it.
1: Yeah, and it's I have a power rake which I love, but the hydro bucket, it's coming. And that, that's kind of a goal for twenty three already. Mm-hmm. And it's it's probably gonna be April 1st. You'll get a text, hey Ryan, here's what I'm adding. But it's, it. it's a goal. So you, you have to set your goals. And if you can reach your goals, that means you're doing everything's right. It keeps your business growing moving forward. I still look back at me seven years ago. I have a patrol car out front and a single tractor. Now I look out back, there's a shop, there's attachments, there's equipment, excavators, skid steers, tractors, trailers for different things. But it's goals. And it helps the business grow. Every time yeah. you add equipment, your your plan for the equipment or whatever you're getting should help you in the business and grow the business.
0: Yeah, it's funny because like you can think what you wanted, where you want to be in like five years, and it feels like a lifetime away. Mm-hmm. And then like you probably look in the backyard and see a, that shop and all the equipment, and go, my God, I can't believe it was just seven years. Like it's when you look backwards, time flies by so fast. Yeah, it's it's craziness. I mean. January
1: 21st will be seven years since I started it. Wow. And hesitant over a little 38 horsepower tractor. And now it's like, hey, I need an excavator with a cab. You know, when will it be here?
0: You wouldn't stress so, it out. You were stressing out over $20,000 purchases. Now it's a hundred grand and you don't even blink an eye at it.
1: Correct. So it's a tool. It's a business tool. Yeah. That's, it's it it's it the did.
0: scale of the business. Like we talked mm-hmm. about, like, you know, yeah it's it's so funny that way but it's so true you know like those mm-hmm. young guys look at guys you know guys that have been in the industry 10 20 30 years like my god look at all the equipment they've got he's got to have a million dollars and it's like mm-hmm. a huge number and that guy the guy with a million dollars of equipment's like yeah but it's made me 10 like it, right. it, it's just a million it's no big deal i've made 10 like it's, it's just the thought process people have that are different from each other i, I love mm-hmm. i love watching that and i love watching people grow like as like mm-hmm. for you you know, even two, three years ago, like you were looking at that land plane and you're like, man, you got you get a little shaving on that for me. Like, that's, you know, I'm not really comfortable spending that much money on my business because you were still part time. Right. Yeah, I was part time then. And then the, you know, the road grader came back
1: last spring. Yeah. And it's like, hey, man, I need this. And which one I remember asking you, which one should I go with? You said, here's a popular one. And I have. Yeah.
0: But that was twice the it. price of the land plane and you didn't balk at it because now it's your full, it's a tool for your business.
1: Yep, and that was in the beginning, and that's what it's, it's it's tough for new business owners and people getting into it to understand, look, this is a tool. When you get this tool, your productivity, everything goes up. It's going to increase. If the tool sits there as a showpiece, then no. right? It's not what you need. Uh, a friend of mine, he bought something outside of his lane that I would say a while back, and it sits. I'm like, why did you do that? He said, well, I kind of needed it. They had more of a want than a need. And you can tell it. You can tell if it's a want or a need right away. If, the, if you get it and it sits, it's a want. Mm-hmm. But when it's a need, it's no problem. Just get it. As long as you can financially afford it, business is there. It pays for itself.
0: Yeah. And I always tell customers, I, I tell customers this all the time when they call in, like they're looking at buying an attachment for a new type of work that they don't currently do. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say for you being in the grading industry, you want to start doing like pad building for new homes where you're Mm -hmm. going to be a little more, a little bit more tighter on your tolerances than you are with a gravel driveway. Correct. You know, so I'd be like, hey, go sell that service to three home Mm -hmm. builders Mm -hmm. before you spend 30 grand on a a grading system. Like, go get the customers and then buy the attachment. Mm -hmm. Sell it before, you know, sell it before you buy it. And it's funny you mentioned that
1: when I took the business from the tractor to the excavator, I had the work lined up for the excavator. And then seven months later, I needed a skid steer. I sold seven jobs that were skid steer jobs. Went and bought the skid steer and did the work. I love it, man. I mean, it's just, I understood that at that point though, how to find business, how to sell myself, how to market and sold the work and said, you know, I'm a couple of weeks out bought the skid steer, went to work, never Mm -hmm. looked back. So, but yeah, you're exactly right. If you, if you want to take a plunge like that, find your work, find your people, you're going to get your work from, you don't want to be a one hit wonder do one job and then it sits. Right. That'd be stressful financially and mentally on you and your company.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you see guys, you see guys do it all the time. Like, I need, I need an excavator so I can start doing demolition. Well, do you have any demolition jobs lined up? Like, well, no, but I can't get them until I get an excavator. I'm like, that is incorrect. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a, uh, that's,
1: that is being um, eager wanting, wanting to grow with not quite the discipline needed Yeah, to grow. It, it's you, you jump too many steps. Don't run before you crawl or walk.
0: Yeah. Speaking of disciplines, Eric, what disciplines do you follow, whether it be in your personal life or your business?
1: Going back to what I did, I always consider myself a law enforcement officer who changed careers and did this. Professionalism and appearance is huge to me. Treat someone right. Care yourself. Present yourself in a nice open friendly manner and just try to be kind to everybody you meet and that goes further that's one of my things now going back to appearance like I just said if someone comes to work for me it's kind of like hey here's what we're going to do here's a job by the way let's look the part of what we're going to do and if you look at companies who don't have a dress code so to speak and not saying I have uniforms sent off, but I we have gray shirts gray sweatshirts And the hats could vary in color. That's what we wear to work versus someone in a Metallica T-shirt and someone in a, you know, some kind of American flag T-shirt and then a tank top. You get into a neighborhood and it doesn't look as professional, in my opinion, as a company who dresses the same or looks the same and keeps everything clean from trucks and equipment. Yeah. And that's huge for me. That's
0: huge for what I like to do. I preach that, Eric. We I had a guy that we, we, uh, we were talking and we were reviewing his business and I asked him about his appearance and what he wore to work. And he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, shorts. And I got this cutoff shirt I wear every day. And I'm like, and we literally put it together. I mean, I was like, man, you have to have standards, whether mm-hmm. it's a dress code or just loose standards. And I got him to put a polo oh. shirt in his car. So when he was done doing work and had to go do estimates, he'd change mm-hmm. shirts and i'm like your pants there's a difference between job site dirty and messy correct you got a little mud on your pants because you were working all day that's fine mm-hmm. you get three big holes in your knees go buy a new pair of pants right
1: exactly he literally
0: right. increased his business in less than four months by 30 mm-hmm. percent his close rate went through the roof and i'm like listen people you're a mirror you know like you want to mirror mm-hmm. them and they want to they want to work with like-minded people and if you show up like you're watching beavis and butthead every night they don't want you in, on their property. Correct, and it, it, that's what's huge. And I go out,
1: wash the equipment, wash the work truck. And people are like, why it's a work truck? Why it's a skid steer? Why it's a tractor? They call this clean. Yep. It's clean and it shines. And no matter how old it actually is, people think it's new and well kept. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is just, it's the appearance. You, we can shine an old penny to make it look new. It's still a penny. But it looks brand new yeah
0: dents and scrapes say hey this thing gets used mm-hmm. tracks packed full of mud says i don't care about it correct exactly right and because that
1: mud comes off and makes a mess in the yeah. roadway in front of their house or on their driveway itself and it's uh but no appearance professionalism and being kind to people yeah, that's who i am as a business and you know going back to my law enforcement background a lot of folks, I'd say 60 to 70% know my background when they call. They mm-hmm. call various cues on my website or the logo of the business.
0: Yeah, because your, logo your, your logo's got the thin blue line, right?
1: Right. Thin blue line of the logo is like, hey, what's up with this? And before you know it, they're talking with me and I've sold the work and never gave them the, the price mm-hmm. because they trust me on their property. They trust the people that work for me on their property because they know we're not a bunch of... Uh, You know, you're not fly by night contractors. Yeah. Where legitimate insurance is in place and nothing's going to get missing from your house other than what I'm paid to haul off. Yeah. And that's huge, you know, especially in our area where I live, it's a populated
0: area. Yeah. I I mean, literally every contractor, if they're struggling or even reviewing their business, Mm -hmm. should start with appearance. Mm -hmm. It's so quick and easy to fix. And it makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Can't stress that one enough. That's, that's great advice. I'm glad, I'm glad you got into that on that. Yeah, so, sorry. man, um, I'm trying to think here. Oh, the dog's scratching her collar. I didn't put her in the other <laughs> room. So if you hear, hear her going to town uh, over there, <laughs> I cannot hear it. Just, I think it's kind of oh, okay. funny. It was just like ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Um, Kind of threw me off there, but Well, man, Eric, this has been an amazing conversation. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we talked about quite a few really good topics about land services and business. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the one piece of advice that you would give a newcomer that's getting into the excavation or land service industry?
1: Here is the best thing that I've seen the most feedback I get from my clients. If you say you're going to be there Tuesday afternoon to meet them to look at the work, be there Tuesday afternoon. When you tell them, after you sell the job, we'll start the project next Monday, next Monday be there. Now, if it's raining cats and dogs, still communicate, hey, we'll be there tomorrow. But if you tell somebody you're going to be there, be there. And I have had more businesses, more business given to me and sold jobs because people were told, hey, this guy will be there. When he says he'll be there, he will be there. So that's the biggest thing, as I can as I can tell new business owners, be there. Yeah. You say you're going to yeah. be there, be
0: there. What's that saying? Your word is your bond. That's
1: it. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you tell somebody you'll be there Monday and they see you out, at the local diner with a fishing boat behind your truck. You're not, they're not going to refer you to anybody, but uh, if you, if you tell someone you're going
0: to be there, be there. It's hey, that's great advice, man. Great advice. Yeah. Well, Eric, thanks so much again for, for jumping on the call. Um, I could talk to you for hours, but we should probably wrap this thing up.
1: Yeah, Ryan, it was fun. No. It's, uh, you know, I know I really enjoyed this and I'm hoping that, uh, the podcast grows from here.
0: Yeah, it's been a fun, ex- you know, I, I called it an experiment and I shouldn't call it mm-hmm. that anymore. It's been, you know, four or five recordings now, but it's, it's becoming my favorite part of the week. Like just yeah. connecting with other guys and like having these conversations and discussing struggles, wins, gains, losses. It's mm-hmm. really becoming like my favorite part of the week. Yeah, you're exactly
1: right. It's something to look forward to. And I, I, You know, when we spoke and set this up, I was ready to get, you know. Yeah looking forward to it just like you were. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because so, when you have these conversations, like even though we're doing an interview, like mm-hmm. I learned new stuff from you today and I would hope that something I said triggered in you to be like, oh, I could focus on that or I need to, to work on that. Like, cause there's always the more conversations you have, just the more knowledge you can gather. Well, when
1: you, like in law enforcement, we always said, when you stop learning at work, it's time to retire. Yeah. Every day, you should learn something new. Every job, you should learn something new
0: and put that in your tool, your tool basket and proceed on. I always say if you're the smartest man in the room, you're in the wrong room. That's it. So anyway, Ryan,
1: I really appreciate it, buddy. It was a lot of fun and uh, I enjoyed it.
0: Sounds good, my friend. Well, be safe, be good, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, buddy. See you. All right. Take care.